0: Hi, everybody, welcome to a pro report podcast episode. This is Roy. Hope everybody's doing okay. I uh, got a return guest that we haven't heard from in quite some time. And we are very, very happy to welcome back our friend from South Africa, Mr. Pragnik. Hey, Hello, man. everybody. Hi. Great well, to, good be to you. Good to have you. Good to have you back, man. Nice to always uh, catch up and talk a little bit uh, of uh, this music we love with you and see what uh, is going on. And of course, Jeff Bailey. <laughs> I don't know why I always say that, that way it just rolls <laughs> off the tongue so nice. <laughs>
1: I'm going to get my name uh, <laughs> changed by Deadpool <Deep> too. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, we wanted to do something a little bit different. Uh, always try to come up with some different ideas for episodes here. And, and uh, you know, we want to try and offer a bit more timely stuff that's a little faster and shorter episodes in between some of the longer ones that, that we do um, with the top fives and ultimate podcast albums and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, in the recent couple of weeks, uh, there's been a couple of big stories that came down. This isn't as timely as maybe it should have been, um, but uh, you know, Porcupine Tree returned with an announcement of a new album tour and a new single, and um, uh, also Jethro Tull uh dropped a new single and announced a new album. So uh, I thought it would be cool to sort of uh, well for people that. Don't follow the website as much or maybe listen to this podcast Well, you just found out a bit of interesting news, hopefully. Um, But also just talk a little bit about those big releases uh, and what they might mean and why they came about and and so on. So, uh, you know, Nick, let's start with you um, and let's let's talk about um, Porcupine Tree a little bit first and just, you know, when you heard the announcement, uh, you know, if you check, did you check out the song? What did you think? You know, let me know.
2: Yeah, well, uh, I mean, obviously, a, a wonderful surprise uh, towards the end of 20, 2021, uh To uh, one of two nice surprises because of the the other album we're going to be talking about, but the name of the album says it all, really, doesn't it? closure or continuation I mean this this obviously must have been a question weighing heavily on Stephen's mind you know and I, I wouldn't it's be surprised
0: the title it fits it fits perfectly right
2: right absolutely I mean I mean talk, talk about describing uh the process I mean who knows whether this album will be the closure or the continuation obviously we'll hope that it's that it's the latter but um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if thematically there was one CD because it's a double CD, right? If there was one CD um, uh, thematically dedicated to the, to the issue of perhaps the closure of the band and then and then another one to to the continuation. But um, I mean the song is great. I've only heard Harridan.
0: Well, um, yeah, well, let's think that the title of the song is Haridan. Um It's the opening track on the album and the, the album is due to come out quite a while from now, June 24th of next year, um, which is, you know, obviously frustrating, uh, but that comes down to delays in production that every label is running into right now. Vinyl production is backed up for months and months. And, um, you know, I'm sure they wanted to announce the tour dates, which they did. There's a a European tour and they're supposed to be announcing a North American tour. So, you know, you have to sort of announce something and it's, probably more logistical than anything, but I guess there'll probably be another single or two in the months ahead. And, you know, we'll see what happens from there.
2: Yeah. Um I mean, it's, it's unmistakably porcupine tree, you know, it's got got that heavy main riff in five, eight time. I think it is. Um, with, with the, with those melodic interruptions and overlays um, middle part, I, I thought, and and the solo in particular, were particularly rem- reminiscent of Deadwing. <laughs>
0: This way, it's it's not the future bites right at all. No, I mean he fell. Stephen fell right back into place with how he right. sings, how he plays, how he writes that acoustic part in there. Breakdown is is gorgeous. Um, Jeff, what do you think about it? And and uh you know what are you expecting?
1: Yeah, well, I didn't really know what to expect. And uh, as you've said to me, it 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 takes you right back to a point or or several points uh, in time. Um, I think it's really interesting. We're here playing it for the first time. Um, when I went out for a walk at lunchtime on the day it came out, and um sort of had seen the photograph of the band and sort of had a slight smile to myself when the song pretty much begins with a, a bass guitar, which which let's face it was the was the elephant in the room when the photograph came out. Um I, I think that you know it's um it's the porcupine, it sounds to me like the porcupine tree that people want, um, I, I think. Uh, and yet, I don't think it's so massively distant in terms of its sound and production from some of the... I was listening to The uh, the Raven at the weekend, I was listening to Hand Cannot Erase at the weekend, and it, and it's a sort of track that if it... You know, it wouldn't sound massively out of place, and those albums equally, you know, they're, they're, they're certainly something to, to be said for the presence of gavin gavin harrison i don't want to steal nick's thunder on, on that particular um subject but but i also know that he could spend the next 40 minutes talking about him um uh, you know and, and and that's you know the, the the classic quote of you know it sounds like them i think the production's incredible um and, and it's you know it's a really interesting track. There's an awful lot going on. There's an awful lot to take in. Yet it's a memorable one as well. It's not just kind of technical um, for the sake of technical. There's a there's a kind of a you know there are memorable enough hooks in it. And I think that's that's the brilliant thing about what Stephen Wilson and the Porcupine Tree were about that they managed to combine all of those elements of technicality, interesting kind of song formats plus uh, you know his his underlying um inclusion of you know there will always be hooks the the music is memorable uh memorable enough to stick in your head but kind of deep enough for you to go back and have another lesson and go oh i didn't notice that first time around
0: so, yeah, yeah i mean it's tough because it's the the bar set so high and i wouldn't goes so far as to say this ranks near the top of anything they've done but then again it's still great you know i still enjoy it a lot i'm trying not to listen to it too much because i want i don't want to get sick of it by june um hopefully maybe we can get it a little sooner if we get a chance to review it um but uh you know the the funny thing about the song is that right away it sounded a little bit like luminol to me with the bass leading off it reminded Mm -hmm. me of that a Mm -hmm. lot but the most significant part is is the drumming. He's just the best, <laughs> the best drummer. It's, it's amazing what a difference he makes to the music. You know.
2: Yeah, Where, exactly. The thing about Gavin Harrison, he's got the technical chops. He, he he's probably in the handful of top drummers in the world technically. But what he brings to the composition is just astounding, and, and I I don't think that that track would have reached the level that it, that it reached with any other drummer, no disrespect to anybody. No, else. I
0: agree a hundred percent.
2: He's just got such a distinctive style. And um, he, he, he stamps his authority on any, on any song he plays on, not just performance wise, but compositionally as well.
0: I'm really happy they're back. I mean, I don't know how back they are. If the, the you know, if this is just going to be one album that's sort of the timing allowed, just like allowed with liquid tension experiment you know the COVID happening and not being allowed to tour and and schedules aligning type of thing and maybe that's all all it is. Um, but I mean, I just know when I discovered them in the early two thousands, it was just like discovering fresh air. <laughs> it hmm. was so I was so happy I found this band. It 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 was became an obsession for like a few months for me. Um, you know and it was it's such an important band in in my uh i don't know growing up listening habits and stuff for the last 20 years it's been, it's majorly significant to me so i'm really just happy to get a little bit more
1: at it i think i think the two more things i wanted to mention um because we haven't mentioned R- richard barbieri and you know he he plays a very very key part in in the sound he's a he's a keyboard player like no other I think um you know in in the world of prog there's not really anybody else um who does what he does and it's that kind of um it's hard to describe but it's kind of the the presence without the kind of the the show-offiness and yet you know if he wasn't there you you would you would absolutely miss it so so you know a, a a critically important part of the band um and the other thing I think uh, over, over lockdown, I got, there was a box set came out of the Delirium Years albums, which is about the first six or seven albums. And I, I kind of got it and was, was, was pretty methodical in terms of working through it and and and, and kind of making sure I listened to everything on it. And the other day on a kind of a, I think it was on a shuffle mode in the car, you know, a track came on, which is probably from one of the first two or three albums and actually having been listening to the single quite a bit over the previous days, you know, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, they, they have a, they had a sound that was, you know, that was present, even, even in those days when it was, you know, um, Wilson and Barbieri and, 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 um, Colin Edwin and even Chris Maitland. Um, and I think it's really, de- it's really developed, um, you know, s- certainly very, very good, but actually not, you know, You know, they they haven't gone a million miles away from what um, people enjoy and expect from them. And the sound that when you put them together in a room, that's what they produce. So I think it's it's very, I mean, I I think any reaction I've read to it has been very, very positive.
2: Well, 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 the area is credited not only as keyboard player, but also as sound designer, I mm. think. And that, that, yeah. that that's a pretty good descriptor of what he does. I
0: think. We didn't talk about how Colin Edwin, bass player on all, on most of the albums, isn't involved. Um, there's no mention of why. So who you know, who knows, and not worth speculating. But what's interesting is if um, the sort of sleuthing and detective work that fans do on on the internet is amazing and a couple of instances that relate to this album like months ago there started to be these rumors that someone found that that um uh, richard uh, Stephen, and uh and gavin had registered a Porcupine trademark in in the uk and yep. noticeably colin wasn't there and no one knew what it was but that started the suspicion that maybe something's happening so that was interesting that that, that was found out that people start to speculate i mean it's amazing but then also when they Uh, Before they released the single, there were these 10 second, 50 second teaser clips that were sort of garbled up and you couldn't really make any sense out of them. And one person uh, played it backwards and uploaded it to YouTube and backwards you could hear the chorus uh, slightly of Harrodin and someone figured out that's what he's saying in it. And sure enough, that was the title. So that was amazing to, to me that people bother to do that stuff. It's only Stephen Wilson, man. <laughs> really? It's only
1: amazing. prog fans.
0: Only yeah. prog fans. Yeah. yeah. Only yeah. I mean, it's um, we are nothing if
2: not passionate.
0: Also, what's fascinating is it, it it shows something about leaving for a long time and then coming back, right? Because everything you read was. Uh, at least for me, what I read was almost 100% positive, right? Everybody and the comments were like, wow, it still sounds like porcupine tree. It's, it's, it's exactly the porcupine tree sound. Commenting about how it sounds like porcupine tree, which is great. Uh, you would think it's a good thing. You can take that exact same thing when the Dream Theater is Alien came out a few months ago, and the comments were, oh, man, it just sounds more like Dream Theater. <laughs> and everybody was just complaining about how it just sounds like Dream Theater again. And Which, this is a bad thing, why? It was the exact same <laughs> comment, but just completely reversed in a negative way. And I thought that was just a wild observation.
1: And yet, yeah. ABBA come back after 40 years, and people people are delighted that actually it sounds like ABBA. So, right.
0: uh... <laughs> Yeah, that too, right. So, uh, you know, but I don't want... Dream Theater to go away for 12 years, so you know I'm not one of those people. Um, but uh, all right, so, so I mean, again, this it comes out June 24th. Um, keep an eye out uh, on on Pro Report or online on YouTube or stuff. I'm sure there'll be a few more singles, maybe probably after the New Year. I would imagine maybe another one, um, and hopefully some U.S. dates, which I'm you know I'm hoping they announce soon. Uh, but also there's Another track in, uh, from an album that we talked about earlier, Jethro Tull, The Zealot Gene is the album, uh, comes out January 28th, so very soon, which is cool. Uh, first single, Shoshana Sleeping, is out. Um, you know, in hearing this song, I, I've never claimed to be the world's biggest Jethro Tull fan. I'm not familiar with every album. You know God Record is saying that, so I can't really compare where this stuff might lie in, in the annals of, of, of their, you know, legendary catalog. But um, to me, it sounded like you would expect Jethro Tull to sound. Right, that's it. Like the riff was very kind of Aqualung era, you know, and the flute's prominent and the riff was is very memorable. And, um, you know, his voice, he's more sing- maybe sort of talk singing a little bit. Um it's a stylistic thing, but also you know he's a little older, so I wouldn't begrudge him any issues there. But I thought it's actually a pretty cool song for a band like that after so long. I mean, what do you guys think of it, Nick?
2: yeah i I mean, I like it. um, I'm not totally blown away by it uh it's it's it, it's a little uh straightforward and in places plotting, but it so I wasn't overwhelmed by it, but it does all go well. For the album, it's got that genuine Jethro Tull flute refrain, you know, with with Anderson doing that 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 trilling into his flute as he so famously does. Um, certainly enough to keep me interested um, and 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 make me excited about this album. Um, it, it it seems a little a, a little darker than than you know some of the more pastoral stuff that, that, that Ian used to do, but. Um, uh, and going with that, that 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 video uh, with Shosh- uh, of Shoshana sleeping, which I think was done by uh, Thomas Hicks, who's relatively well known. Uh, it's pretty dark. Um, the album cover looks pretty dark too, with that black and white background to yeah. to Ian's face, and 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 you know some 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 bub- biblical um, uh, verbiage behind him uh, on the one side. So. A, a, a little darker than than normal but but uh you know it's the first album in 18 years um so certainly certainly uh jethro Tull, um i think a little less proggy than i would have liked it but uh we shall see uh, the, in, interestingly um i don't know if you're aware of this but a, a few months ago um ian anderson was was selling his silent singing lyric Book Mm -hmm. and uh, he was interviewed by Rolling Stone, and he actually, I think, intentionally leaked one of the lyrics from the title track uh, of this album. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, is is this not typical, Ian Anderson? You know, that dark themes with 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 a a very humorous twist. Uh, The lyric goes: "Be buzzing in your bonnet and a wasp right up the bum, a V eight under the hood, a cocked hammer under the thumb." Dark but light, right? Typically in Anderson. Um his voice, as you say, is not what it was, but he he absolutely can be forgiven for that. You know, he's also got, got some health issues. Um yeah, um, looking forward to it. And and for those who, who will be seeing the first gig in the tour, which of course is going to be in where else Budapest, um, I think they're they're in for a good time this org as well. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm I'm certainly more of a, a Tull follower and fan um, than you are, Roy, and I, I've I've been enjoying uh, revisiting probably some of the some of the kind of middle period albums that um, obviously Stephen Wilson et cetera, has been remixing and has been been putting out over the last number of years. Um, but I've also, you know, I, I mean, the last Jethro Tull album was 2003, which is and um, which was a Christmas album, which. Mm-hmm. was mostly kind of remakes and kind of versions of Christmas carols there, there wasn't a lot of you know it wasn't a kind of a a main catalog type album um but but since then Ian Anderson has produced a number of of solo albums and am actually largely with a lot of the musicians who are now coming out under the Jethro Tull name um and there was Thick as a Brick 2 which I actually really enjoyed um a really interesting lift to that concept, and then and then he's he's put out a couple of albums under his own name. Um, on the one hand, this you know when you have his voice and you have the flute playing, you know it, it it'll sound like Jethro Tull, whatever label you put on it. Right, um, and and I think this you know I think this is a pretty good track. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in it. I I think that um I mean. You know, if you read anything about Jethro Tull, you know in recent years people have will have commented on his voice, Um and I think you know even in 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 the live shows, you know he he uses the band members to sing the parts that you know he 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 can't uh, do justice to in the same way, and I think. That's perfectly fine by me. I don't get upset by that at all. And I can hear in track. did have a guest
2: lead vocalist uh, on the yeah, last two? Yeah, week?
1: yeah. On, on, thick, on the Thick as a Brick. Um, there was the Thick as a Brick show where he did both of the albums and there was just a guy who sang the bits. And and the thing about it was, is that obviously on the albums, a lot of the time there was flute and vocal being double tracked. So he played the flute and somebody else did the vocal part. You know, on that. I mean, that's, that's cool you know, with me. You
0: know, he's one of... Prague's uh, only real remaining kind of personalities, you know, like, like an actual rock star, you know, and he sort of still carries that. If you hear him on different interviews and stuff like that, he's very personable. He, he has a lot of humor, maybe similar to like, like Rick Wakeman is is also still kind of like that. But, um, there's very few of those guys left. And, and I think, you know, he wasn't, while he had a very cool and interesting voice, he was never um you know Peter Gabriel or Steve Walsh or one of yeah, those yeah. guys so I just think he still brings across what the whole feel and sound of of Tull is I think in a in a way That's only it. he can do it
1: soon crowing wake when dawn declares woman risen from childish days. And as you said, you mentioned some of the spoken parts, and that's you know uh, you know, again that those are again that was something that is not just done now, it's something that's gone through the history of the album. So I, I think it'll be an i int- mean I'm, in, I'm intrigued um by by his notion of and, and it's a thing that that has always been probably present throughout the Tull catalog from the early albums is kind of the 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 the, the biblical or religious idea and his his various views and thoughts on that and um, certainly he's 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 flagged it that uh, he his uh, his for the holy book uh, I think was the was the press release quote um, I still need to question and draw sometimes parallels the good, the bad, and the downright ugly rears their heads, but are punctuated with elements of love, respect, and tenderness. So I'm really interested to hear what he's come up with. And the one thing we do know is that, as as Nick has mentioned, it will be lyrically uh, interesting, and by the sound of the the production and the music, it sounds like there'll be plenty going on that will will keep us musically interested as well. So I look forward to hearing it.
2: So as as we spoke about uh, Colin Edwin, being absent off the new porcupine tree of course uh, the topic here is always going to be why no martin bar um yeah. but you know it's been it's been many many years since since they parted it's, ways it's and
0: roger waters and david gilmore they just you know they're cool not being around each other and have that's it they don't care yeah.
2: exactly and, and look let's face facts any which way you look at it ian anderson is jethro Tull, um and uh who knows maybe martin bar will join him for a guest spot on a show it could happen
1: i have the guy the guy who who plays on this album he's called uh i'm just checking florian or actually he's he's played on a whole pile of of ian yeah. Anderson solo stuff and brilliant and, and, and recent recent stuff and he's absolutely fantastic you know so mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean, I'm just looking. Actually, he uh, Wikipedia tells me he's been part of Ian Anderson's band since 2003. You know, so you know he's 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 not a newbie by, by any stretch.
0: He's um, actually not in the band as of like now. <laughs> it, and it, there's uh, there's a new guy. I forget his name. Um, okay. That is, if you look on the Jethro Tull website, there's a there's a new gu- a new guitarist. But is he Florian, on the album? He, Florian plays. On almost the whole album, I think the new guys. And, on and a, I think on he's
2: a... I think he's credited as album only. If yeah. you look On the website, yeah. So he won't be touring.
0: Yeah. So um, so again, the research. Zilla Gene uh, comes out January twenty eighth, very soon. And again, that's a that's a tour. Uh, I mean, that's a band that tours a lot, and I, I'm sure that um, you know, there'll be some dates coming off of that if there aren't already. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's the two pretty big stories. I want to ask you guys, uh, just to wrap up a little bit, um, you know, what new have you been listening to? What, what new has been interesting? What has, what has caught your ear? Uh, Nick, what about you? So I, I'm a naughty boy in that I haven't
2: been listening to as much music as I should have recently, but I'm just getting into the, the new dream theater. And so far I really love what I'm hearing. Um, um, it's, it's, it's going to take a lot of listening and it's going to bring me a lot of pleasure over the next few weeks. Um, uh, you know, anything Neil Morse related, <laughs> of course, uh, uh, is not far away from my turntable and I'm getting, I'm getting into some, uh, some stuff that, that I missed, um, in, in the nineties, um, and, uh, uh, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm trying to re-listen to and hear again the the first two Car Mechanic albums, for example, I'm getting into Mm -hmm. again. Uh, I'm kind of reliving the 90s at the moment and trying to (laughs) listen to the new releases too. And of course, Frost is never far away from my turntable either.
0: Well, you have some homework to do because we're getting up on our end of the year podcast where we have to recap all the albums that came out this year. And it's just been an insane amount of just mega releases this year from uh obviously dream theater like you said to yes transatlantic liquid tension experiment frost stephen wilson was back in january which is you know insane Mm -hmm. um and just a a million other things in in between there's been a lot of really cool stuff an Uh, anus
2: remarkabilis. not an anus horribless at all
0: (laughs) uh jeff what about you
1: um I'm just looking at my iTunes to see what has recently been on there. So Dave Bainbridge's album, um, To the I'm Far Away, sure. which is just um the, the, the download of that has come out to people who have pre-ordered it, it's absolutely fantastic. Um Rob Reed's uh The Ringmaster, the next part of the Sanctuary um series, which I absolutely love. Um I have the I was listening the other night to the the 5.1 of the uh, the, sort of the remade version of momentary lapse of reason and mm. uh, enjoying that a lot um and oh there we go there's actually a really really good song completely not prog related but Susanna hoffs who's the singer in the bangles yeah sure she has a su- song out called bright lights which is a duet with um Amy Mann which is an absolutely incredible song oh,
0: wow that's, awesome. yeah, that's, awesome. that's awesome. she's an album coming yeah. out soon
1: uh yeah. she's an incredible voice and she just sounds brilliant
0: um yeah i mean i've been still enjoying the dream theater uh and and uh i I just think that's a a phenomenal record um sorry what i did
1: what i did mean to say is i got the um the art book of the dream theater just at the weekend there and there's the instrumental version of the album and it's not to take away anything at all from james but really really interesting to hear the album with the vocals uh, stripped away and hear a lot of the kind of intricacy of what's going on.
0: I have the instrumental and I still haven't checked it out. I almost never put on the instrumental versions of albums, ever, almost never. I don't know why. I I, I, I should. Uh, so, I, yeah, there's a few things that I've been listening to that, that, um, that I like a lot. And, it, you know, this one is, the one thing that really surprised me. One, I want to give a shout out to the the new single from Riverside, "Story of My Dream," which is from a, a digital uh, only compilation they're doing. With the uh, there's a long version and a short version, which is, you know, the longer songs and the shorter songs, and and this one falls somewhere right in between. Um, really cool song, just great. I, I really really like it a lot. And lyrically, they pull, they they refer to other song titles throughout it. Sort of a, a 20th anniversary. Uh, thing they did there but if you haven't heard that I highly recommend it but out of nowhere I was sent uh, the album by Robbie Steinhardt uh, formerly of Kansas who who died uh, earlier this year and it's called Not in Kansas Anymore and I'll be honest I hadn't listened to anything solo or remotely like that that he'd, that he'd done and uh, it's just the, it's so good it's such a cool record I, I mean if you haven't heard it it's out I mean and um it's really great. There's a, a ton of people playing on it. There's a, a really killer instrumental with Steve Morris shredding all over it. The playing is phenomenal. Um, it, it's sort of a loose concept album with songs kind of, you know, morphing into each other. Uh, and, and there's a, a, weird spin on dust in the wind, which kind of starts off the normal way and then kind of becomes a little bit more proggy to, towards the end. Cause you're like, why is he doing this? But then it's still kind of cool to listen to. Um, the production's actually pretty good, pretty tight and, and clean. Um, if you're a Kansas fan, this is actually a really yeah. good record. Don't don't yeah. just pass it by because it's like some throwaway. It's it's actually a really good record.
1: I was um, I was slightly skeptical whenever it whenever kind of it, it landed and um you encouraged me and, and you happened to encourage me to listen to it just before. I was about to do a, a two two and a half hour drive, so so it it I got the chance to listen to it start to finish, and it's like it's the produced by the same guy that um did um made John Anderson's A Thousand Hands, which again was similarly drew in a lot of people from lots of places. But it because my concern when I saw it was oh is this going to be you know like sort of guest slot type album yeah, but it, but it's really really good and it's it's probably about forty minutes long. You know, really yeah. it's it's really it's just a good a good lesson from start to finish
0: yeah i like sometimes when you just don't expect something to be good yeah. sp- i fully expected it to to be terrible i don't know why just because yeah. <laughs> nothing was said about it it just sort of appeared out of nowhere yeah and mm-hmm. and um but i really enjoyed it uh so so i would give that a listen i'm still into the lindsey buckingham record the the self-title album that he put out about yep. a month ago i just think it's awesome and to me he's He's a progger in a in a pop so- singer songwriter's body. The production is so interesting, and the guitar playing is crazy, and it's just the most bizarre twists on stuff that he does. And it's still within three four minute songs, and no one does it like him. And I think um, it's one of the rare instances. I'm not as fanatical about stuff like that, but like I will not. I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac fan because of him. Like I wouldn't go see them in concert after they fired him like that's a line in the sand for me i'm not doing it um so you know i'm a, i'm a big fan of that yeah and, and so it's been and like you said oh the novena ep uh ross jennings side project the stop clock it's, it's a three song thing and it's also fantastic really really good uh that i would recommend. I'm sorry i meant
1: i should have mentioned ross's album as well because of yep. that, that trip i was on as well it it was yeah, I think I made the comment in the review that my kids have started to sing the, uh, sing sing some of the songs around the house, which is which is always interesting what they pick up. So yeah, that's a, that's a really great. Yeah, album. so
0: we're referring to Ross Jennings from Haken, who has a, a solo album out coming out in well, as we're doing this in less than two weeks. Uh, it comes out on November nineteenth, and it's called "A Shadow of My Future Self." And um, fourteen songs. It's a really long record. There's a lot of tracks. There's a couple of long songs on there that are really cool. It's not Haken, it's not remotely close to Haken, but um, it's excellent. It's a good pop rock record. There's a lot of different styles on there, really interesting, no, no two songs are the same. And it's just a shame that it's one of those things that it's just the solo album from a guy in another band that never gets as much attention as the guy's band. It's just how things work, you know, unless you're Paul McCartney or something. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, it's, it's great. He's put out a bunch of singles. I, I, I'm with Jeff. It's a, it's a fun record and really good. And he's, he's proving to be quite a talented songwriter in his own right.
2: Are, are you guys aware of the new Francis Dunnery album?
0: I haven't heard it, but I know about it.
2: Francis Dunnery from It Bites. Yeah, that's that's just been released last week. That's and another one uh, we have to check out. A, yeah,
0: yeah. It's a triple album. No, no okay, physical. Okay, well then we have our work cut out for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then, well, of course, I Big think, Big Train, yeah. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, well, and there's been uh, another announcement uh, of a new Big Big Train record, their second one in less than six months, uh, called Welcome to the Planet, which comes out uh, early next year. They've already dropped a few singles from that. And Common Ground is one of my favorite albums of this year. That was the album that they brought put out in uh, about, I think it was June of this year so um yeah there you have it i mean uh you have porky tree you have uh, jethro toll you have a big big train already coming out in 2022 <laughs> so uh, gonna a good year. 2022 is already going to be a good year and we haven't even gotten to the year yet of uh of uh actual stuff being announced so um this was fun guys always good to talk to you and uh and i think it's good that we did something like this i hope to do more of these Um, And so, uh, guys, uh, please check us out, parkreport.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, special episodes on YouTube, and uh, subscribe to the podcast for other episodes. And uh, we will see you again very soon. Thanks.